So, Lisa Tavisham, <laughs> um, this is our second conversation about this whole topic of strength. And I've really enjoyed our first conversation. Since then, I've also, uh, a, a put, upon your, your recommendation, looked at the Launch Your Brilliance book by Dries. Um, and I'm really happy to come back to strengths and maybe exploring a few topics that I think we kind of touched but didn't fully dive in the last time we spoke. And the first question I would like to ask you, I want to show with a some book picture here, because this goes back to something we talked about last time, but also something Dries talks about in his book, because he kind of offers two different uh, definitions of what a strength is. On the one hand, he offers this whoops, definition of a strength is a talent you have in an area where you've also developed knowledge, you've built skill, and you've invested a lot of time into it. And then you have a strength. So that's kind of one definition that's a little bit more technical. But he also uses a definition that says a strength is an energy you have an energy for being, doing, acting, thinking, behaving in the world that comes natural to you and that nourishes you. And I'm curious, like, number one, maybe dissecting each of these definitions a little bit, what, what do they both mean? But also, how, how do they relate? I'm, I'm curious to explore that with you, maybe as a first step today. That's a great question. And um, I think much of the wisdom will come out because of the exploration and not because I have the answers like sitting here like this. So first of all, I wanna go back to the part that says uh, strength is an energy and I wanna add something to that. It's an energy and a need. Mm. So it's mm -hmm. both of those things together is what a strength is and that's of course in a, in a metaphorical level you know it's very hard it's not like in a physical body you can see these two things but a straight it, it's a it's an energy and that's what a strength almost exudes that's what it can express so it's it's it comes out of us like that mm -hmm. uh, and we'll talk more in detail and then the need is what it needs in order to express itself so it's like an in-breath and an out-breath we can't mm. breathe out unless we also breathe in. We can't breathe in unless we also breathe out. And that's what a strength does. It's these two forces that need to work in order for a strength to fully express itself in the world. So a need is, for instance, I'll, I, it helps me to talk in example so we get specific. All right. Yeah. Connectedness strength is the strength that can bring into the world gut feeling, uh, connecting the dots, and intuition and some people even call it the spiritual talent depends how your worldview is but so gut feeling is what it can do it's how it can behave how it can feel how it can think in the world but mm -hmm. what connectedness needs in order to bring that out into the world is connecting in nature spending time in nature that's what it needs in order to bring more of itself into the world so that's that both and it's like a dance between the two that's necessary for each strength there's certain needs that you know for each of them i can give you them but 
that doesn't include mm -hmm. the scope of what we're doing today. So that that's so, on the one so, side that part. So you were mostly talking about this need element. So each strength has a need that kind of needs to be fulfilled so that I can actually bring the strength into the world. Yes. So that's the that's the one side. Yes. Dump. Yes, that's lovely. Yeah. Okay. And then there's also the energy side. The energy side, yes. So the energy side is what you can express. It's the out breath. Uh, uh -huh. So the need is the in breath. I need to be in nature. My connectedness. And then my connectedness can tune into things like with my intuition, I can connect the dots. The more I give my connectedness what it needs, the more it can express, the more it can express its energy, the energy that it can bring into the world. Does, mm -hmm. this, does, the, does that make sense why I explained it? It's yeah, at it, the it, same it, time an energy and a need. Yeah. And um, what I'm trying to kind of get is this, and it might be that I use the word energy differently than, than, it's, than it's used here. So it's, it's a sense of um, a strength is a certain quality, a certain, um, I'm trying to use for, look for synonyms for, for energy that I could use. It's a certain quality of being and acting in the world that I can uniquely or especially bring when I have that strength. But to be able to do that, I need to take care of, of what that strength needs so that I can actually uh, breathe that out into the world. So in this example of connectedness, it would be, I, I naturally have the quality of bringing things together, of seeing how they are connected, of having intuitions about things. But to, to be able to do that, I need to be kind of charged in this level of being connected with nature. Would that kind of be it? Okay. Beautifully. Yes, exactly. Exactly right. So uh, just another example to bring it more home, maybe, is uh, for, say, my talent of learner that loves learning new things. I also need what talent of learner needs is to be in situations where I can learn. You know, if I'm sitting... Uh, on an island all by myself and there's no books around me, no opportunities to be on workshops, nothing. It's going to be hard for this talent to actually be used. So it needs the opportunities to be able to sit in a workshop, to attend workshops, to have books available to, uh, you know, because it, it's just hard to use that talent if the opportunities aren't there. So that's how the two work together. I can't express my talent of learner if, if I have no books or if I have no course, no online materials, no workshop to go to, no money to do that. There's a lot of things that go together mm -hmm. with that. Going back to the, to the um, learner example on the island, I imagine there could be like I'm on this island and I have to learn how to survive. It might even be that the learner can be engaged by that. 
but it may be that he the learner would even be would be even more engaged if there is like a, a native and i can follow them and i can watch them and i can learn that way that would engage the learner even more probably that's a great example yes yes because yeah exactly because it's really hard sometimes to learn something if you haven't got a clue where to start or an example or a tip or a clue or something like that i imagine we'd be able to do it but i think just in my mind strategic thinking would be the one that has to make new plans or ideations you know if i'm just there by myself if i'm a learner and i can follow an example it's like oh that's how they do it yeah i can do that too and apply it mm -hmm. probably yes i think that's a great example mm -hmm. so that's th this side of um a strength as a as an energy and a need yes so these would go together and in this um in this drawing it would actually be like this yes. wouldn't it that's it lucas yes so there's an energy and a need that's it and maybe if if i'm thinking about that that would be like this is the natural propensity of being in the world that somebody has like i have a certain energy that I can express easily. I have certain qualities, certain ways of being in the world that come natural. For me as a child, it was often like watching things, understanding them and making up ways I can use things. That was me as a child. And I did that very early. Um, example would be, I didn't learn how to ride a bike by trial and error, but I learned how to ride a bike by watching other kids learning to ride a bike. And then I learned it in half an hour from the, from the time I sat down on my bike because I, I had watched them for months. But everybody around me was already riding the bike, but I had watched them. Right. Yes. Perfect so, so example of learner, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's kind of the propensity of being in the world. That's it. And what um, you needed there was the opportunity to watch. To be for people to to leave you alone and for you to just sit quietly and watch and use the natural propensity you already have to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So, if I try to connect that to the second um, model here, it actually sounds to me like energy and need relate to what we would genuinely call or generally called talent wouldn't that kind of be what energy and need amount to yes i have the same idea and i think there's two layers or two levels of it so in its natural form a talent is and i'm talking about talent in the strengths world not a talent like a talent for music or for draw you know drawing or art or something like that so in the strengths world this talent is the natural ability we have to express ourselves in certain types of feelings thoughts and behaviors right so it's can you repeat that one more time the natural ability to express ourselves in certain in, in certain patterns Mm -hmm. of thinking, feeling, and behaving. 
So, okay. So each talent encompasses those three things, you know, like uh, command has patterns of thinking, feeling, and behaving. That's clearly identifiable. Mm -hmm. So that is the energy and the needs bit. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And then we said that for it to become a strength, we need to add knowledge, skills, investment of time, practicing it until yeah. we can achieve almost near perfect results almost every single time. That's so so that's, that's again this side, like it's the yes. talent plus knowledge plus skill plus time investment. And that would be the natural ability to express ourselves in certain patterns, which we are kind of, let's say, born with or based on really early experiences. Um, and then we add on that with the knowledge, with the skill, with the practice, with all of that, we, we, um, yeah, we do, we have. Yes, that's correct. And so what I, why I said, I think this goes in two layers is I think a, a talent, you know, the thinking, feeling and behaving is the, the is relates like one-to-one -to, -one to the, it's an energy and a need, right? Mm -hmm. But I also think when we've developed it further into a true strength, a true strength can also have energy and need. So I think it's just in increased efficiency, it's increased um, uh, uh, success, increased um, creativity. So it's, it's, it's to another degree, if you can see what I mean. Mm -hmm. But both, if you're talking about a talent, it's a, it's, it encompasses energy and need. But also when it's been fully developed into a proper strength, it also, that strength also has energy and need. Um, I'm not sure I can fully follow you. Like the question I have is, how is the strength need and energy different from the talent need and energy? What's, what's different about that? I would, I would just the, the, the most sort of easiest explanation I can give is it's more mature then. Mm -hmm. It's mature versus raw. Mm -hmm. So talent is almost raw. It's the raw materials, raw building blocks we've got. Mm -hmm. The thinking, the feeling, the behaving in certain ways, but it may not be mature when it's a talent because we haven't developed it. It so, can be a little bit rough around the edges, mm -hmm. but it still has the thinking, the feeling, the behaving, which is an mm -hmm. energy and a need, which has energy and it has need. When we've yeah. developed it, you know, that nice long line of things you've drawn with, here's a mm -hmm. talent, and now we've added skills, we've added experience, we've added time investment, so it becomes mm -hmm. a strength. That strength itself is now no longer raw, it's mature. Mm -hmm. It's fully developed. It's, um, it's, it's a beautiful thing to observe for other people to experience and see and feel. And that in itself is now the more mature form of the energy and need. So going back to what we said here, um, and we had the example of connectedness and the learner. So if it's not actually a strength yet, but 
still a talent mm -hmm. we already have that energy and need yes um but it may be that that energy is not in the example of connectedness for instance the energy sees connections where there are actually none because it's not yet um uh well developed or it it has it listens to the gut feelings but it doesn't yet know how to discern when is it reactivity when is it true intuition and the need for time and nature alone time is also there but it's not yet developed on how how can i connect to nature deeply how can i uh, do have meditative or energetic practices with the trees or whatever but that would actually be what it can be if it's developed into a strength then we have this deepening and the same for the same for the learner there is already an energy to learn and to absorb knowledge but i may not be very good at it yet whereas if i've developed my learner um i actually have the skill that allows the energy to be used well and actually i can also know how to fulfill my needs of having new input having all of that in a way that actually brings a result rather than just following any rabbit hole that i stumble across yes like that yes 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 you've got it lucas it's okay so i think almost at the top where you said strength equals it can be strength slash talent or talent slash strength because it be it can be either of them it's just the one is well matured with a mm -hmm. growth journey that's gone into it so that it knows each talent knows what it needs and it is given that and it expresses itself in well matured ways mm -hmm. it's not like a learner can be mismanaged because uh, it just it's so interested in the learning itself that it doesn't care about the results almost and it, it just spends time learning, 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 and there's nothing that comes of it. So it can be a detriment in our life. It can take over. It can be hijacking us. That's not a mature talent. That's almost more, uh, yeah, that's not a mature talent. It's raw materials that we still need to hone um, like a child that's had too much sugar and it goes crazy, you know. <laughs> Hang on, let's just do this in a way that's going to be good for us and good for everybody around us. Does that make sense, the way we've talked about it now? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm curious about that because this, this seems to be um, this question between, between mature and raw, like this distinction between the strength being mature and the talent being raw and how would you distinguish or define the difference between something that is raw or mature like what's the difference between those two um i let's say this way and it, it may not be the full answer but it's the start of a thought is it's possibly got to do with how well we are managing it mm -hmm. raw talent if we mismanage it can become a detriment mm -hmm. okay like it can hijack us and do you know just take over and 
not give any of our other talents a chance. So it is mismanaged. It's, it's the raw materials that we've got, but it's not behaving well. And it's because we haven't possibly, if we don't know, there's a principle in, in the strengths that we talk about. If, if I know it, I can grow it. So if we don't know we've got these talents and we let them take over, it's just like, oh, that's how I am. Lots of people say, oh, that's just how I am. I'm going to be able to change it. Um, that's raw talent because we have these patterns that keep functioning, keep functioning, going down the default path because we've done it millions of times over and over. Just the neural networks that fire together, wire together. So um, that's the raw materials is we haven't learned to manage it well. We haven't added the skills to know when enough is enough or when to rein them in, when to make more of them. And that is the growth journey that is needed. As soon as we know about our strengths, we can then grow them. And if we understand the patterns that they create, we can command it. We can say, right, learner, you taking over here a little bit. I'm reining you in a little bit because um, Harmony also needs a chance to talk here. So, so I find this absolutely fascinating that you're mentioning this because to me this seems like this actually opens up a completely new kind of layer of the strength work which is this managing yes. which then opens up a lot of questions for me like who is managing who, what and how does that work and uh, how to decide in a moment to manage and I actually think that's what we're going to get to with the question of how to bring the strength work into the daily life. But I'm very interested in this question of, um, yeah, what does it mean to manage a strength and who is doing that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Such a great question, considering the work we do. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Because we know about parts of us, right? Yeah. There are parts of us that can get in the driver's seat when we don't mean them to get into the driver's seat. And that's when we sometimes call self-sabotage. It's like, you know, I say I'm going to do this thing and then this other thing happens. I say I'm going to do be really productive today and I have all these things in my calendar. And then what happens is I get distracted or my family needs me or something or a friend says, hey, can you help me with this? And I go, sure. So I don't get to my priorities. That's what we call self-sabotage. And I just believe it's part of us that we haven't understood, that we haven't heard, that we haven't validated. And that's where the management starts coming in is our strengths do the same thing. It's a very strong pattern. And if we say something with our conscious mind, like I'm going to do this, maybe that we haven't consulted all our strengths. Like how are you going to help me strength number x how can how can i get you to help me today to to get this work done and it's a fascinating question for me as well i must say i don't have a definitive answer like who is doing the management you know like part of me believes there is there is a higher self somewhere in here that I don't always have access to because my human self takes over. These parts of me are like running the show. So I don't have always have access to the highest, most wise part of myself. 
And that's why I believe we need um, tools to help us listen to all the parts, to calm ourselves down. It's like, you know, what is, because we can make goals that is not really good for us sometimes. And this is a very, very complex, I may be going off here in many different routes and I'm not sure which one to take, uh, but this is a complex question. And I don't think it's got like one nice little simple answer. I fully agree with you in this point of this is a very interesting question and it, it brings up lots of possible connections in me um, that I actually imagine would be a whole different conversation. But from just what I heard, it could even be that strength and parts are kind of two ways to look at almost the same thing. Um, and just that what we would consider our strengths are certain parts in us that have a very high natural uh, or potential for functioning, that they are just potentially um, very impactful parts in us and they can be um, healthy, they can be not healthy. All of those are still questions that need to be answered, but basically it may be that each of us kind of comes to this planet with different parts that are at a different like strength or uh, development where we then get into a whole lot of questions of how the hell does that happen? But uh, I don't have a clue, but that um, these parts are kind of built to be the natural well-functioning parts in our system. And the question would then be, uh, how does the system or organize around them? And how is this, I wouldn't call it higher self, I would just call it self, uh, also included in that. Very interesting questions um, that maybe we don't want to uh, go down this oh, rabbit no. hole today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, there was a thought that I had just because of something you said about this thing. Yes, I think I just want to mention, usually when you talk about parts uh, in our type of work, in the therapy kind of work, it's more about... Um, let's call it parts that have been hurt. And so they operate from a place of not having been hurt yet, not being validated. You know, there's a wound there, there's something painful, and that's why they make us do certain things. And we're not consciously aware of that. Whereas in the strengths movement, it's very clear that what they mean by these strengths, and let's call them parts, is it's, it's the positive things about us. Mm -hmm. Let's look at it, you know, so we, we can sort of um, just sort of have those two things just visible here on the table is there's, there's that about the strengths thing that says it's, it's the parts of you that actually work. Let's focus on that and make more of it. Whereas in the therapy world, we talk about the parts of us like, like feeling like a victim or a martyr or whatever those bits are. Um, we need to go in and, you know, like validate them, help them to feel better and so on. Whereas these parts already feel pretty good, but they can also misbehave. For, for me, that would be the distinction, at least in the way I look at it. Parts can be burdened yes. or they can be healthy. Yes. And they're both parts for me. We yes. have healthy parts. And if I look at this model that I just created about 
a minute ago, which means that it's very well researched and completely thought through. Um, if I say that basically a strength is a part that is that is kind of naturally strong in me and naturally powerful in me, I would actually say, let's say I have a learner that's naturally powerful in me, but I can actually be hurt and burdened in that learner. If I had really shitty school experiences and I'm like, I still have that energy available. I still have that need, but it's also been hurt. But it could also be that I actually got through school fine and I have that as a healthy strength. So I imagine that this can be kind of a deeper layer of what a well-managed strength is and a not well-managed strength is. Could be that um, it may be that I'm just unaware and it may actually be that one of my strengths is burdened. Yes, yes, I can't agree with you more because we can get very uh, negative labels as children about the things that we actually do well in and again it's easier to talk from example so from even since my one of my strengths is harmony and it uh, harmony does not enjoy conflict it rather wants win-win situations and it can see consensus so i got labels as a child about being um two-faced you know i'd like now i'm like this now i'm like that but it's because i can always see all the points of view and so I carried this burden or this hurt inside my harmony that said, it's not a good thing to be like that. Mm -hmm. I need to get rid of that. Mm -hmm. but, but the propensity, the, the talent for it didn't go away. It's just now it feels bad about itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's when we can relieve that burden with how there's many ways to do that. It can blossom. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so we've gone on this tangent. Let's try to get back to the place I'm trying to be organized here, um, which is my arranger right there. Um, <laughs> you have to let me know where we were, Mr. Arranger. I have no idea. <laughs> I had a thought in my mind, so I can tell you, we were actually here. Right. And if we look at the talent as energy and need, mm -hmm. then I would say it's actually quite a natural thing that from our talents, we would develop, we would naturally want to know more about that, develop skill and invest time in that, because we have an energy and a need for that. Would the strength world say for our talents, it is in a way natural for us to to develop these or how would the how would the strength world look at that i think that's possibly correct and i you know because i haven't read any everything that's in the talent world i can i i i should say i can't say that for sure but i assume that's what they would say mm -hmm. um because there's certain signs that they talk about for a strength and one of them is so if you, if you think about the, the uh, acronym SIGN, S-I-G-N, so here's another nice model for you, <laughs> S, and, and why I'm saying this is because it probably does lead to the answer for this, is mm -hmm. the S stands for how successful are you in this area? So if we say we've got a talent for, to, to bring harmony to situations, right? How successful are you? Are you, does it happen naturally in your presence? Like, you know, people can just harmoniously work better together. So, and success, we see 
like do I do I see the success and others comment on it okay so that's the S the I is for the instinct that you have how much do you find yourself volunteering to do something like I don't know why I volunteer I just keep doing it like the next thing I've put my hand up again when somebody needs that kind of a talent or a quality or a skill or whatever right so that's the I is for instinct uh, then the G is for growth how easily do you grow in that area and so possibly if we have these raw talents, we will find ourselves growing easily. And they, when we grow easily in something, it feels nice. It's rewarding. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like fulfilling. Like, yes, I want to do it again. I want to learn more about this. So there would be a natural propensity, I guess, to keep learning or doing or growing more skills and spending more time there, more time investment in that area. And then the N is, um, yes, a need. When we have a need for something, we fall and we get the need met, we feel fulfilled afterwards. <laughs> so the I, the instinct is, is how do you feel before you do it? Like, oh, is this going to be nice? The N, the need is fulfilled afterwards. So I, so those are the signs of a strength that they talk about. And, I, and those things will be, also present in a talent, just the raw natural talent. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing all of these things will lead us to have a natural need to start growing in those areas. However, I think it also depends on that wounding thing, because if I think of my harmony, never ever once in my child life or my adult life until about five years ago that I have the thought that I could develop my harmony talent by learning more skills in that. I was just, I don't want conflict, so I'll run away from it. Hmm. Until it was detrimental enough in my life and I realized I'm gonna have to learn skills in this area. I did not wanna learn up until that one day when I realized I've lost friendships because I can't handle the conflict. I'll need to learn the skills. So, for me, this means kind of two things. So number one, um, sign. There we go. Um, but this means, for me, it means this would in a way naturally lead to this. But it can be that this doesn't happen because we get wounded. And then actually kind of the talent can wither or not be not be used and all of that so that's where it can then be really important to look at can we heal this part if it was hurt which i imagine was an aspect of what was happening for you yes yes i think that's beautifully put um lucas and i've seen it not in myself only but in others as well where i did somebody's top five and they they like no, they can't see that they've had the talent, but they answer the questions. So there's something in it that is natural for them, but they haven't been able to use it that yet in their lives. And that means there's, there's something missing there. There's something that has prevented them from fully wanting to live that talent and, and learning more. And this, this brings me to a question. I would like to take a jump because you just talked about um, your harmony ta talent that wasn't yet a strength um, 
and that you saw the need to develop skills. Yes. And if you want to, I would be curious about how did you personally do that? But also the question of what does that mean? Like, what does it mean that you then went, hey, I need to develop skills for this harmony? And how did you go about that? For me, that's kind of going to this question of uh, practical, steps. practical steps to bring this into your daily life. Yes. Yeah, that's a great question. So, so okay, I'll, sh I'll share something general first and then I'll go into my mm -hmm. example and then we can talk again. The general thing is practical steps would mean different steps for every talent, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the general thing. For every talent, there will be different practical steps that we can take to help that talent to operate fully. For my harmony talent, what it means is I needed to look up what kind of my learner was involved so what kind of courses can i take that will help me with fear of conflict what is it what is out there that's going to help me increase my skills in this area so harmony talent says you can look for consensus you can be a good mediator you can help people find win-win situations and of course those things would be necessary in an environment where there's conflict so my fear of the conflict was so big that I couldn't even begin to think of that. So first of all, as I needed to like work on the fear, which I've been doing for many years and it's, it's not all gone, but it's a lot better. Mm -hmm. And then so like, okay, now what skills are there? So I looked up things like nonviolent communication as one skill I could learn. Mm -hmm. So I, I started courses in that. Then there's a friend of mine, uh, who has harmony in her bottom. That's the other thing that we can do that's very practical is get to know people who've got the things um, that are undeveloped. Let's call it an undeveloped strength, like my harmony, I'll call it undeveloped. Um, look for people who have no trouble with that and learn from them like you learning how to ride a bicycle by watching other people that's one thing we can do get them into your life ask them questions like how do you do that why is it so easy for you what's your mindset when you do that thing so easily what goes on in your thinking and your feeling you know how do you do that teach me so i i have a friend who's got harmony in her bottom five which means it's not that she enjoys conflict. She doesn't enjoy conflict, but she has no problem dealing with conflict. Doesn't scare her like it does me. In fact, she, uh, you know, people with low harmony um, resist that kind of calm, uh, sort of slow, low, low, low vibe. You know, it's like calm vibes that I try to maintain so hard. For her, it's like, nah, man, we need to deal with this stuff. So I got her more involved in my life and we started offering courses together where she taught the parts about how to handle a difficult conversation. And I taught the parts about how to manage the conflict fear with my tools like EFT. So I kept learning from her, like everything she said, I felt like a sponge, like, oh my word, that's how you do it. It's just skills I had no idea existed. Because mm -hmm. in my, my home, I did not learn those because I have a mom that's similar to me. Let's not deal with conflict. Let's just, you know, smooth things over. That's my skill. Mm 
<laughs> you know, just don't, don't talk about the hard stuff. So I had, I have friends who have low harmony and I try and learn from them. Like how, like what goes through your mind when you, before a difficult conversation, like how do you deal with it? What kind of questions do you ask people? How do you, how do you do it? And so, go ahead. Um, so, I mean, these are general points. This um, looking, for instance, for courses that teach skills and knowledge about it, looking for people who have absolutely no problem with whatever it is and see how do they think, feel, behave. Um, but um, what you said earlier would be, was um, it's different for every strength, which makes perfect sense, right. which means that kind of every mature strength has specific kind of perspectives on the world, specific ways of thinking, of feeling about certain situations, of behaving. There are probably certain tools and um, ways of being that they naturally use. Mm. And it's that that we can develop. So it could even be that if somebody has a certain strength but, or a certain talent, but it's not really developed into a strength, that looking at those tools, looking at that knowledge can be a way to move forward. And that's something we can kind of consciously do is develop these yes. would that be what the way you would look at that yes yes absolutely yeah so for instance just thinking again in examples like individualization is a talent that wants to customize um or it, it senses the need of people or of businesses or of products you know it senses the need and it wants to help fulfill that need so um we can just practice we can say okay how can i what are the ways that i can customize this one product and just practice the skill of customizing or <laughs> i think most often our talents don't actually need because they they thinking feeling and behaving in that way all the time so it it's more a matter of how can i grow it how can i choose an effective direction that's going to move me in the direction of my life goals instead of just randomly um, you know how can I practice this so for me conflict was creating problems in my life in my relationships I, I lost friendships because of that so like how can I then uh, do something or learn something or then practice something to help me increase my effectiveness in relationships so, so no, you, you finish your thought. Um, I think that's all I had. Okay. So I'm trying to get that one. Um, basically, I have a talent. Mm -hmm. In this case, let's say we choose something different than harmony. Let's choose my, I'm a my number one is strategic thinking. Right. But let's say... I've never really developed that because in my family, whenever I was doing anything that would be considered like making quick decisions, everybody always told me, you have to think about it, man, and uh, write a list. And I've kind of taught myself to 
be like that in the world because that was everything I was ever told. Let's mm -hmm. let's just say like that. So now you say, don't just um, randomly practice, but rather than randomly practicing, put yourself in situations where that talent is needed. Is that what you're saying? Or what were you saying when you said, don't just randomly practice? I think I was just trying to be more specific than that. Like if we have a, like, like just, I'll say to you, okay, randomly practice your strategic thinking. Well, how are you going to do that? It gets very broad. It's too broad. Mm -hmm. So I, for me, it helps. And maybe here's the thing is we always think from our, from within our own talents, right? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking now from within my own talents. And one of my talents is achiever. It has to have a goal. Mm -hmm. So I need a clear goal to say, well, what am I going to practice? And, you know, and what and by when and, and what's the purpose? Okay. I also have the talent of belief that needs a purpose and a meaning behind what I'm going to do. Otherwise, I can't do it. So for each person, again, I think it's such a personal individual thing because of your surrounding talents. So if I had that strategic thinking, I would need a goal to say, well, what do I want to be able to do with my strategic thinking? Is it in my job? where I need uh, to be able to do certain things now because strategic thinking also gets around blocks and obstacles. It always sees new options. So what in my job needs this? What, how can I, um, how can I then practice or have a little bit more freedom to start getting, a, you know, thinking around obstacles and making the decision and who else do I need to involve here? And, you know, it's such a broad topic that I think we need like, okay, let's get more specific with what do you need to use this for? And then what do you need to do that? And based on what do I need to use this for, we could then look at, okay, so what would be certain knowledge that makes sense? So looking at like problem solving strategies or certain business processes, and I can practice those to develop skill, which would naturally mean I'm investing time. Whereas if I want to use my strategic thinking for my hobby of being a world-class sailor, I would again gain knowledge about the boat. I would practice skills like different knots. And through that, I would actually have my time investment. Yes, I think like that. So we can just get more specific with it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think probably as we practice in one area of life, it practices the muscle anyway. So it will be more easy to apply it in other areas as well. We'll start gaining confidence. Oh, this thing is really working for me now. And as we gain confidence, it's easier to apply in other areas. But as you know, to, to, in order to start practicing, I think we need a little bit of a specific channel for it. So this um, leads me to a question that goes a little bit, it, it's still in the same frame we're in, but I think I want to take a meta perspective because this would lead to the question of what does a, what does a strength coach actually do? Because I imagine this kind of question of, so how do you practice this is actually a core question that a strengths coach would explore with their clients mm, yeah oh how would you see, see that 
Yeah, exactly. That's the growth journey. Because in the beginning, when, when we just talk to somebody about their strengths, so we do their top five session or their full 34 few sessions, that is just awareness. We do a discussion to say, here's your strengths, here's the amazing uniqueness that you are. Please go and make more of that now. That's the awareness. It's almost like the fireworks, like boom, you know, phew, 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 beautiful. And people feel great, like, oh, amazing. But now what do you do with it? Because strength development is not an event. It's a journey. Mm -hmm. It's a growth journey. And that is what a strengths coach can help you with. Um, there's many different approaches to it. Um, So, you know, these, these approaches called appreciative inquiry, that is just, even without knowing people's strengths, you can use that approach in a strengths journey with a person, like whatever goals they have, we can help them to reach those goals by helping them to keep focused on using your strengths to get there and managing around your weakness or your non-patterns. That would be the core question of appreciative inquiry of what's already working. Yes, yes, what's already working. It already gets us into a mindset of uh, positivity. And the minute we, th we have positive feelings, we, we literally have more bigger peripheral vision so we can see more options. So appreciative inquiry is just a, a beautiful way to get there, whether you know somebody's actual Clifton strengths or not. Um, so then, you know, just that's one approach. Another approach is just even if you just know somebody's top five is helping them to uh, keep focus on those top five. So when there's a problem, okay, um, which of your top five or what's already working? Let's just start there. And then, so which one of your top five can, can help you in this situation? But, you know, of course, a few other questions as well, like, well, what do you want to achieve? Um, what's, what, what are the blocks? What's in your way at the moment? So now, how can your strengths help you to get there? And so this strengths coaching journey is more a journey of, we all have a life to live. We've got goals. And instead of looking at, you know, what are all the obstacles? How the hell am I going to get there and, and feeling bogged down is remember you've got these amazing strengths. They've, they've helped you thus far, no matter what. Let's just help you to keep seeing it and remembering that they are there and use more of it. Like how can my achiever, even if it's, I've, for instance, I've got, activator right at the bottom it's hard for me to start things but i've got mm -hmm. achiever at the top and i no matter how i want to change it if i don't start i'm never going to finish my achiever wants to finish so i have mm -hmm. to find ways to help myself let my how is it going to be energizing for you when i can finish this and that helps me to start so there's various ways that we can coach somebody to help them reach their goals because coaching is about moving moving forward what are you going to achieve what will we what do you want um and again it's such an individual journey because of a person's unique mix yeah so i like what you're describing right now and it answers my question around the 
um, the strengths. It also makes it um, means for me that this work with strengths is not an abstract, hey, let's look at your strengths. And then based on your strengths, we're going to be like, oh, these are your strengths. Do this exercise. But it's actually the question of, okay, where do you want to go? Where are you? And what are the strengths that can actually help you to get there? And how can you bring them into your daily life so that this journey can actually happen? Correct. And which ones are underdeveloped and that I can, in this journey, develop even more? Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, on this journey, it doesn't mean that we can necessarily just only focus on our strengths. We also sometimes need to call on our non-patterns, the bottom five to eight or so. That's hard for us to use. But sometimes we just have to suck up and do it. And there are ways that we can then make it easier for ourselves to call on those bottom ones or the ones in our middle bucket. So it's, a, it's again a, a knowledge a journey of knowledge, like know thyself, know what's going on for you. When you're finding it hard to get something done, what is going on there? Is it a, you know, a mismanaged strength? Or is it I'm actually in this, I'm needing to call on some of my bottom ones, my non-patterns that are really hard for me to use. And what can I do to mitigate that? Do I need to call on somebody else, a collaboration? Or can I use one of my well-functioning ones in the middle? It's like taking something out of a drawer. It's a little bit harder to reach their strengths, but I can use them. So what can I call on in this moment? So, I mean, that's a whole different question. How much time do you still have? Um, let's say about 15 minutes. Okay, I think we can do that in that time. Um, because uh, this this brings up the whole uh, question of uh, well weaknesses, which is not how Clifton Strength calls it, but you would call it non patterns. Yes. And um, and the question of what are they actually like what what is a weakness or a non-pattern in this um in this perspective of the strengths model and i would like to ask that question first because i really think that point of what does it mean to manage our non-patterns is a really important one and i would love to just have a few minutes to dive into that yeah yeah that's that's a such a great question because um we generally think of the weaknesses as the things that we don't do well. So let's start like this. If a strength is a pattern, right? We said it's patterns of thinking, feeling, and behaving, right? That's a talent and a strength combined with investment. So it becomes a strength as a pattern. Then it means a weakness is not a pattern, which means a non-pattern. It does not come naturally to us. A non-pattern mm -hmm. is not natural. We resist it in ourselves and in others. And the things that we call non-patterns, it we would we would rather avoid it. It's not on on our agenda unless somebody else puts it there, or unless we are forced to put it there. Mm -hmm. 
And usually the things that are our non-patterns, when we use them, it makes us feel weak. That's why in strengths language we call it, it's, it's a weakness. It's not that it's a weakness as in we can't do it or there's something wrong with us. It makes us feel weak. Like Marcus Buckingham, one of the uh, amazing people who talks about strengths, who wrote some of the earlier books, says a strength is something that makes you feel strong. And a weakness is something that makes you feel weak. So when we use those things in our bottom bucket of non-patterns, we feel weak, we feel drained because it uses a huge amount of brain power. And I can explain it this way simply because we haven't practiced it as we have practiced this, the strengths, the things that make us feel strong. It's the default brain patterns is at the top and the things that we suddenly have to create new neural networks for is at the bottom. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to maybe introduce an extra distinction because I imagine this. So the way I understand you is um, this. So a weakness is, a weakness is a non-pattern. It's basically something I've never really learned how to do and I don't have a, have a talent for and I have all of that. On the other hand, the strength is a healthy pattern. Like it's, it's something I've practiced, I have a talent for, I've developed, and it's actually, it's healthy in me. Right. Now, th there seemed to be this third category of, I can have a talent, which may even mean I have a certain pattern in there, but it's burdened. Mm -hmm. Maybe like your harmony. Right. So that could actually be a burdened pattern. I am potentially good at it. I've already also practiced it a lot but it isn't healthy. It isn't flowing freely in me. Yes, that's beautiful. Yes. And then there's also another category in there, which I would call, uh, and that's, you know, from the strengths world. So I think that's that one that you've mentioned there is a beautiful one that I don't think they call it a category as such, but they do talk about mismanaged talents, right? Mm -hmm. That's underdeveloped or, yeah. So then the one between burdens and, and weakness would be, well-functioning in other words they they're not they're not our default they don't make us feel strong mm -hmm. and they don't make us feel weak we have access to them and we can choose to use them and it's sort of you know neutral in a way so would this be like a would this be a well-functioning pattern or a well-functioning ability or what would the word be because i imagine it's not a pattern you could still call it a pattern because it's it's part of your talents you know if i look at my uh, my list my full 34 list my strong patterns go up to 13. Mm -hmm. okay. Then my well-functioning one goes from 14 to 27, something like that. So it's, they are still patterns for me. Like, for instance, one of them is, say, analytical. I was a computer programmer for eight years. So mm -hmm. it's not my default. It, doesn't, it didn't make me feel incredibly strong or like, uh, you know, like there were computer programmers who were so much better than me because probably they had analytical in their top 10. But it was well-functioning for me I could it's so it's a pattern it's a, still a pattern of thinking feeling and behaving but it's not the default it's not the one that comes first so it's a well-functioning non-default yeah 
you could i think so you could call it that yeah i'm just trying to get get clear on these distinctions very clear yes 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 so in one way a weakness does not it does does not mean that we cannot do it we, we we are able to do it but it's nothing that comes natural yes so it actually takes a lot of like what people would then probably call willpower and motivation and all of those things are needed to do these non-patterns because they don't come natural okay. we don't actually get into a flow or something like that exactly we resist it it feels like hard to start hard to do you don't feel fulfilled afterwards you go if i never have to do that again that'll be too soon um <laughs> i can think of one example when i had to use my command my command is my bottom five right when i had to call on my command and this, we were on this course thing for a week i had to stand in front of a group of 10 people and tell each person what to do i burst out into tears it was just so hard for me i could i don't have access to it maybe now 15 years later i have a bit more access because of other skills i've learned but it's not natural for me i resist it i don't want to do it um I'd, I'd rather just tell somebody else you know i can tell one other person to do it but not a whole group what to do it's it's really hard yeah so maybe another example for me personally would be for me it's restorative would be my absolute bottom and so if somebody gives me something where they're like there's some problem here find it and fix it i hate it it's it doesn't give me any joy it's stupid and i'd rather build something new <laughs> than fix a, than fix a problem <laughs> exactly luca so and like i can do it even... I, I can do it but it's 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 dumb yeah, it's dumb <laughs> right why would anybody want to do that right that's what we think about the bottom strings it's like oh man and and the interesting thing is that we can resist you know that energy and need we talked about so we can feel other people's energy well let me put it to you this way i i'm a very sensing person so i can feel other people's energy so when a person with some of my bottom strings walk into a room or or on a you know, anywhere in my presence, it's like we resist that kind of feeling that we get from them. And I, because I'm talking now from my own strengths, I don't know if it's like that for everybody that they can feel that energy, but we resist. Sometimes we look like, I don't like that person and I don't know why they've got something high that I've got low. So we resist it even in other people. Yeah. So maybe just to give even more of a of an example of this restorative in me. Um, when I write a text, I write the text, and then it's done. I won't even read through it to check for spelling. Nothing, because that would be that trying to find the mistakes and fixing them. Right. Um, and then there are other people who look at a text and they see the mistakes and they want to fix them mm -hmm. and it annoys me because i'm just like you can do that i don't want to be a part of that but but it's also a thing that i 
that in my value system, I consider kind of a waste of time. Like, I, I even get that it makes sense. Like, conceptually, I get it. But emotionally, I'm like, meh, meh. Yes, yes, correct. That's absolutely how it feels in our bottom. Those things like, why would I waste my time doing that? I don't, I don't want to do that. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not going to give us joy. So people so often ask, so can I increase the bottom, you know, a little bit higher? It's not where our joy lies. And do I want to spend my life doing that? I mean, the answer is probably yes. But the question is how much that actually improves our life. Exactly. How much will it improve your life? How, how much time and energy will you have to spend to get that done? There was a study that they did in the 1960s to help children increase their reading speed. And there were 6,000 children in this study. Um, so they tested out various different ways to increase reading speed. And they found out at the end that didn't matter which method they taught them, the results were consistent. They had two groups, uh, the average group who were average and the ones who were already fast. The average group increased their reading speed over those 10 weeks or six weeks or something from 90 to 150 words a minute. So that's 60%. And the people who already fast increased from, let me get my numbers, 350 to 2,900 words a minute. That's 700%. Same length of time, same reading methods that they were taught, and such a massive difference. So, so these were the children who were average, not bad. And they increased by 60%. So it takes effort, energy to increase a little bit. And that's why... I think it's smarter to spend our time and energy to increase efficiency and, and um, well-functioningness of, of our strengths. So they had an, a talent for it. They got taught knowledge and skill. Yes. They invested their time. Yes. And because they had this talent for it, yes. they, they actually got something out of it. Whereas others didn't necessarily have the talent for it but they still invested knowledge, skill, time, all of that, and got a completely different result, Correct. basically. Correct. So maybe that's a good place to close, just as this um, point of why it makes sense to kind of think about strengths. Because I find the topic very fascinating, and I'm also realizing that that the more I understand my own strengths, the more I can actually be clear on, oh, this I'm good at, this I'm not. The, this I can do easily, no chance. Um, so just all of those make a lot of sense to me and also to, to get clear on where do I invest my energy and maybe I should invest my energy where I actually get energy. And maybe I should invest my energy where I'm actually fulfilling a need rather than working on something that is, is a weakness. So something that takes energy or that is working, but it's not my default way of being in the world. Mm -hmm. Because 
how probable is it to go from this is not my default way of being in the world to wow this is actually a healthy pattern that i naturally have my personal experience is and also working with people we can actually make weaknesses less weak we can make certain talents we can unburden certain talents but I personally haven't really seen it that somebody's like, oh, this was my weakness and now it's my strength. I personally haven't seen that until now. Exactly. I completely agree with you. And I've heard people say a little sentence that says, you can turn your biggest weakness into your biggest strength. But I think they, they misunderstand that first thing that was, that they called your weakness. It's like my weakness of running away from conflict is actually a strength that I didn't develop. Mm -hmm. So if we look at it in that way, yes, we can increase our weaknesses, but it's a different thing that we're talking about. I mean, that would be the point of your weakness was a burden talent. It was actually a burden talent, yes. Which, which is why I think that category of burden talents that I didn't find in the book, but that I, I just personally think is important. Yes, yes, it's very important. Maybe we can, we can write a book about that, Lucas, because I think the strengths movement is looking at it from the positive side mm -hmm. and they don't always have the, the therapy experience. Um, yeah, so very valid point. Yeah, so maybe we should think about it a little more. Burden talents. Burden talents, yeah, I see. Yeah. So thank you very much for this conversation. Thank we don't really have some sort of clear, concise end, but let's just stop right here. Um, thank you very much. Thank you, Lucas. It was a pleasure and a joy. Thanks for asking your deep questions. You never, you never know what's around the next corner. So.